welcome to Writing Easy, the podcast that takes writing, which can be not so easy, and tries to make it more easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. Yet again, we are joined by the hosts of the Pos Pop Podcast. Positively Pop Culture is what it's really called, but Pos Pop Podcast is my favorite thing to say. K.W. Taylor and Kara Gessner. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. It's great to have you here. Yeah, it's much much less lonely here. Um, <laughs> although, of course, we're not physically together because that would be bad. And I'm wearing a mask, but not on my face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not going to tell you where, though. <laughs> I'm now very curious. <laughs> so this week... Um, we're going to sort of talk about, you know, a lot of times we have uh, authors that once we've read their stuff, we really learn a lot from. You know, I mean, obviously we learn from all the authors that we read, hopefully, all the things that we take in. But sometimes one comes along that you're like, yeah, you know, I really I, I really feel like this person's kind of a mentor to me, even though you've never, maybe never met them or whatever. Just their writing comes along. And Carrie, you were telling us um, one author in particular Megan Whalen Turner mm -hmm. is someone who's really had a good influence on you. Yes, absolutely. Um, so can you, can you first of all, I, I have I have not heard of her. I don't I don't know about her work. So can you tell us a little bit more about her? Sure. Yeah, she's not super well known, although I believe she is originally from Ohio, which um, makes KW happy. Yay! <laughs> um, so she has basically one book series that has currently has five books in it. The sixth book is coming out in October, or it's supposed to come out in October. The first book actually came out when I was a kid. So I read the first book when I was in sixth grade, I think. And my mom would bring home books for me. And I remember just sitting in the basement, like not moving, because I just could not stop reading this book. <laughs> there I are... love that. <laughs> yeah, it's the best kind of best kind of books when you're a kid. Um, and you know, she doesn't write super fast. It's been years between the books, but I've kept up with them. And each book, I think because it started and it so captured me when I was young, I learned a lot without even really realizing that I was learning about writing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so the first, the, one of the big things that I really like about her and the series is that, it, so I guess I should name the series, shouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. it strikes your fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think it's collectively called the Queen's Thief series. They're fantasy books, which, and I'm a fantasy writer, so that influenced me heavily. But they're set in sort of a, um, like a Mediterranean, ancient Mediterranean, Greekish kind of world. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so that was like just right off the bat, I was like, this is kind of new for, you know, like a 12 year old. I was used to like Lord of the Rings and maybe not Lord of the Rings that early, but I, you know, I was used to very the pseudo medieval Europe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the thing that I probably learned the most just growing up reading her stuff is the importance of experimentation in your fiction. So what I mean by that is the first book, The Thief, is written in first person and it's very much about the main character whose name is eugenides uh, he goes by jen and he is the eponymous thief who it's an adventure story so he gets plucked out of prison to go steal this like 
Um, it's called Hamathi's Gift. I'm pr- pretty sure I'm not saying that correctly. <laughs> but it's basically a stone that grants the power to rule a kingdom to, to a whoever holds mm. it. You know, that sort of fantasy stuff. But mm-hmm. it's it's a... Ru- the fantasy MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. It, but um, it's considered a rumor in the world or like a legend. Um, so he gets plucked out to, to go steal it, basically. I was like, okay, this is like, this is a cool adventure story. Like, I'm learning about world building and, and various stuff. And then book two comes out and it's third person. It's got differing points of view. And I'm just like, this is so different than the first one. But it really built on the political intrigue that they introduced in the first book. I think one of the, well, I guess maybe two of the best things about book two, the first is that um, it really kind of defies expectation I think through that experimentation so something that's very integral to Jen's identity in the first book gets taken away pretty much immediately at the second in the in the beginning of the second book so just she's just kind of constantly challenging your expectations and going in directions you wouldn't necessarily think she would go and then (laughs) I don't want to, I'm not going to go into super detail with every book, but the third book um, is from the point of, a view, point of view of a completely new character. And I was like, what's this? When I got it, I was like, this is not what I want. And then it turns out to be one of my favorite books in the series. And so each book, she kind of defies my expectations. And um, growing up with this experience of reading the books every few years and reading the books most of the books before I really got into writing, I think it really just kind of showed me, hey, you don't have to do the same thing every book. You don't have to, mm-hmm. you can use tropes, but you can turn them on their heads and you could take characters who are, you know, villains and, and give them better motivations. And it just, yeah, it just really kind of sucked me in. And I think, I'm not sure but I think you could see a lot of that influence in my writing. It's probably not quite as politically savvy and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I definitely think there's a there's a through thread that you can kind of just trace back to this series. So I think it's always cool to see someone breaking the rules. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say like that <laughs> almost feels necessary when you write when you take a long time to create a book and there's so many years in between like the first book and the like current book in the same series, like you have to be able to reinvent yourself, reinvent the characters, reinvent the structure and the concept of, um, of the stories in order to one, stay excited about it, but also to like maintain the, I don't know, like I feel like to maintain a readership, like to do something over that many years yeah. It's very intimidating to me. I could never do that. <laughs> I get very bored very quickly. <laughs> One of the things that I, the sense that I have is that she has a fairly small readership, but the readers that she does have are like super passionate. Like I've been waiting for the, for this book for like years now. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, where is it? <laughs> and I think it's because she kind of, she puts a lot of care and thought into the world, into the characters and when I say that she defies expectations, it's not in a way that is just for the surprise of it. It's not to throw the reader off the scent. It's it's really 
like there's a there's a twist at, at the end of most of the books and when you get to it you're like what it just blows your mind but then on rereading it you're like oh okay there she threaded it there she threaded it there it's just so it's just so well done i love it if you were writing that way do you think you would try to set those things up as you went or would you decide your ending and then go back and thread those hints in later hmm um geez that's hard I feel like she kind of has it plotted out from the beginning and she knows but especially because some of the twists are sort of integral to the characters but for me yeah I don't I don't start out ever with like that much of a plot I'm just like this would be interesting to write about so I'd probably have to get to the end or think about the end and then go back and thread things through. Yeah. Which is fine. The, like that's a the Bill and Ted treatment. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time because I always write these like million different uh, plot lines. And, you know, like at the end of Bill and Ted where they said, oh, remember, we should put a, a garbage can here and then it's there. You could do that with your story, too. So you can go back and be like. Uh, don't forget to put a garbage can in scene one because I'm going to need it later. Yeah, that's, what, that's what first or that's what second and third and fourth and fifth drafts are for. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm take I will take it that none of you have read her. Okay. Not yet. I, I definitely think that you probably all of you would enjoy it. I don't know, but it sounds it's, yeah, it sounds like my sort of thing. Cool. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, so from a writing perspective, I think just the things I take away from her are to not be afraid to do things differently, to do things out of the box, um, and to really tell the story that you want to tell. It's so funny how we, how, and I don't know if this happens with other art forms, but I know it seems a lot in writing where it's like, oh, that's not allowed. Mm -hmm. Like that's not, and then you see someone do it and you're like, oh, I guess it is allowed. (laughs) You know, like, doesn't that seem like... Like, why is that? Like, it, I can't see any other, like, an artist going, well, I'm going to blot paint this way. I mean, maybe not, maybe because I don't know about that art form as much. But it's so funny how, how we're all so rule-bound. And, and maybe it's because of publishing being so difficult yeah. that we feel like, you know, we we can't be as free because we have to, you know, be marketable, I guess. Right. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Am I crazy? Do you, do you think that, that that's a common thing? Do you guys have that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think... I can't remember who we were talking to, KW, but was it you guys? It was you guys. It was like the adverbs <laughs> thing. Like, don't use adverbs. But like, it's just a stupid, yeah. it's just a stupid rule. Um, Yeah. I mean, we, okay, maybe it wasn't you guys. I'm sorry. I have a t- yeah, I don't think I so. I have a terrible memory. Right, it's all blur. Guys. No. <laughs> I, yeah, say, I, don't, I don't remember that. But... We'll say it was, yeah, no, it was totally me. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. Anything, <laughs> mem- if it was wise, it was me. Yep. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, I think it's because of the business model and that we have to be marketable. Mm-hmm. Like you see stuff out there all the time. That's like, here are rules for writing when there really, mm-hmm. I mean, there really aren't any except tell a good story. And I think one of the yeah. things that um, helped me with absorb those lessons was I read this before. I read a lot of these books in the series before I really understood that people think there are writing rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, you didn't know there weren't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then people tried to tell me there were, and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, but this, but I see, of, look, I, I read this, and it was awesome, so <laughs> you're wrong. I sort of have a theory about how some of these things get established. And I this isn't about fantasy writing, but in romance writing, there's like eight points in the plot that you kind of always are expected to have if you want to make it a very 
um, popular style of romance novel writing. And I think that a lot of those eight points got established with the first few successful novels that were recognized as romance, and then they just get emulated, and they work, mm-hmm. and people like them, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then the one the books that that get sort of breakout status outside of just the romance genre itself are the ones that end up either defying those those eight points or they somehow subvert them in an interesting way or they do something different either throwing them out the window entirely or or bending them or something so when you're trying to be really successful within a specific genre you've got to decide do i want to write the best version of how the genre is currently defined or do i want to do something that breaks it out of that mold and both approaches are fine Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. um yeah I'm not suggesting that there aren't guidelines or expectations because you, if you want to read a romance, you want it to end happily. That's what you expect as a reader. Um, But I think just as a writer, it really helps me to know, okay, maybe this is the established thing that I can do, but I'm just going to throw that out the window. Like, (laughs) you know... (laughs) Right. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a difference between genre expectations and reader expectations and mm-hmm. rules yeah. that you must follow or you will be murdered by the genre police. <laughs> and that, you know, and, and those can really tie you down because you want to do it right. You know, and, and also, I think as writers, we tend to be, you know, we were probably good students, <laughs> usually. And so we're used to trying to succeeding in a certain um, framework where, you know, we follow the rules and you get the reward and that's how it goes. And so we've been kind of trained mm-hmm. to that a little bit, yeah. I think, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. That might be some of it, too. But I, I, if nothing else comes from this <laughs> podcast, it's to say, you know, you have to write your own story your own way. As long as it's interesting, as long as, as you keep the reader hooked in and, they, and people want to keep reading, as long as they're not bored, yeah, good. Like KW said, if you... If the story you want to write is the best romance that you think you can write, awesome. People are going to love it. Um, mm-hmm, but don't yeah. write it just because you think you should. Yeah. Yeah, should is should is ridiculous. I think the next big genre is going to be boring, though, honestly. What? I think the next big genre is boring like, fiction where nothing happens because it's comforting. I have a theory. I'm not. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. No. You know what? Last night we watched My Neighbor Totoro and I admittedly hadn't seen it before. And, you know, there isn't really any long-term conflict i mean yeah that may gets lost right that's the that's the problem now it's not may gets lost and there's monsters out there it's just it's a little four-year-old out by herself right and that's really the only trauma like the only danger is mostly just these girls trying to figure out what's going on and it's delightful <laughs> right it's the most wonderful movie i love it and and it's because it's not about a, a plot but you can still engage people yeah. Right. It's about it's about the world and the and the the beautiful artwork and the cool things that happen and the little discoveries and the funness of everything. So so I guess what I'm saying is that, yeah, maybe boring might be a thing because I, I know I get upset if a, if a, like a thing is too tense, yeah. too scared. I don't like yeah. it. They're like, oh, no, we're going to torture these characters. Like, I don't want to see ter- characters tortured. So I, I stopped reading Game of Thrones because I was like, this is awful. Yes, it's tense and it's exciting. But like, can we chill out a little bit? <laughs> so, yeah, no, you know what? I. I, yeah, maybe 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 the word would be instead of saying boring, that it still has to be compelling in a way, but it doesn't mean that a whole lot even has to happen. Mm-hmm. It has yeah. to make you want to read it or watch it or listen to it, 
but the reason why you're doing that could be just for comfort or insight or whatever. So, yeah. Compelling. Yeah. Isn't that just mainstream literature? (laughs) Comfort (laughs) fiction. Oh, Uh, snap. No, it's not. not, But uh, I think I've actually been thinking about this a lot, too, because a lot of times we talk, and especially in school, we talked about conflict. And I feel like that really gets conflated into, like, physical violence or just, like, very Mm -hmm. harsh conflict, even if it's verbal or just whatever. And sometimes, yeah, it's like a little girl getting lost and there's not super immediate danger but you get to explore this world i haven't seen that movie so if i get that wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> you you have to see it because it's delightful it, yeah. but yes um we we've been doing ghibli movies every week nice. we're buying them it's stupid expensive <laughs> but we don't care because they're just lovely um but yeah I, and i you don't have to have it you know rah, 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 boom 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 <laughs> all the time as long as it's but usually when they aren't rah, 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 boom, 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 there's usually the language is beautiful. The descriptions are beautiful. So, you know, you do something in there. But but that's if that's what, you, what you're called to do, then go for it. Yeah. There's no rules. Yeah. I, I yeah. work uh, with college students. And a couple years ago, they taught me the phrase, you do you, <laughs> which I love. And if, like, that's my only writing advice. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe also know. read in your genre but, but you do you is is important because it that's the thing that's going to mm-hmm. sell you i, ha- I have a, a tweet that i've saved somewhere a quote of, of someone saying like yeah that's great that you can do that thing right and well but i've got 10 other people who do the same thing what i don't have is someone who can do it your way and it's not even about selling necessarily necessarily it's about no enjoying the writing because if you don't enjoy writing why are you yeah. doing it yeah, because otherwise it's really <laughs> painful. Yeah, and and if you like, if you follow the rules right, it it doesn't mean that you win. You because know, it's kind of like falling in love when you read a book. It's like falling in love, and it kind of reminds me of these douchey guys who are like, "But I did. I'm a nice guy. I did this thing. How come I can't get a girlfriend?" It's like, well, because that's not what it's about. It's not about follow rules and this happens. Yeah. You know, and, and to obviously we're not, it's not quite the same level, but you know, it's that same idea of like, like you think, well, I follow the rules of book and now I win book. It's like, no, it's like, you don't win book. I've never heard it quite described that way. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. My, good. Yeah. My, my metaphors are always kind of bizarre. So I apologize. Well, this is really cool stuff. Not only have I found a new author to go start reading. <laughs> I hope you like her. We had a really great conversation about, you know, going your own way. And if we had the money, I'd play that song <laughs> at the end of the episode. <laughs> but I'm not going to. So everyone just kind of hum it to yourself in your head. Yeah, we can't even sing it. We don't. <laughs> you know it. You, you don't need me to play it. You know what it is. So, um, KW and Carrie, where can we see your stuff? How can people find more of the awesomeness that is you? My stuff is available on Amazon, Barnes Noble, other, any bookstore that you want to go through. Um, under my full name, Carrie Gessner, they're available in print and ebook. And then if you want to connect with me, uh, I have a website, carriegessner.com. And I am sometimes on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. Come and go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the Pos- Pop podcast is also wherever you... Every, every you Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Every yes. Wednesday. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for coming. This has been an absolute delight. Yeah. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you for having us. So I guess we'll just end with our usual catchphrase. Remember, everyone, 
writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. And you guys say, you guys go now. Are you going first? <laughs> I'm... <laughs> and I'm Carrie. And I'm KW. <laughs> and we're grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs>